You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Decorating Tales with the Interior Design Hound on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Cynthia Waldemeyer, and I'm glad you're joining us today. Today, we're going to talk to a dog-loving interior design hound who named her business after her pets. Isn't that hilarious? Well, that's not all. She has just launched her paint collection that is also named for her four-legged friends. We're going to have a great time today on Decorating Tales with my special guest, Susan Jameson, the founder and designer from Bridget Berry Designs. Susan will be joining us today from her studio in Richmond, Virginia, to share her tips on designing pet-friendly interiors and to let us in on her secrets for selecting the best paint colors for your next decorating project. So grab your dog and get comfortable because we'll be right back with interior design hound Susan Jameson from Bridget Berry Designs. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Buster, you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition, I guarantee it. Petco, where healthy pets go. Enter the code LUCKY10, L-U-C-K-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. like your business to reach out and invite in our audience. We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20 second seeds of information about your place of business, practice or service is the best, most cost effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on sponsorship information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi, this is Tim Link, host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Join me as we feature interviews with best-selling pet-related authors, award-winning writers, journalists, and bloggers. And we'll tell stories about the animals and interesting topics about the animals in our lives. Each of the interviews will give you a first-hand knowledge about why the authors and writers chose a particular story, what the feature animals meant to them, and what has become of those animals that we've talked about. And of course, I'll also share stories from my own books, blogs, articles, and experiences. So be sure to join me and the writers and authors on Animal Rights. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Decorating Tales with the Interior Design Hound on Pet Life Radio. I'm Cynthia Waldemeyer, and joining me now from your interior design studio in Virginia is designer and the founder of Bridget Berry Designs. Hi, Susan. 
Welcome to Decorative Tales. I'm so I'm great. I'm so glad to have you here today. Uh, thanks it's, for asking. Oh, it's a pleasure. Now, before we get started, Susan, tell us about your design background. Well, I have a design degree from Virginia Commonwealth University, and I've been working for about 20 years now in interior design. Had my business. So I guess I've had my business for 20 years, and I've worked when I was in school and outside of school. So it's been a long time in this business. Well, you look too young to be have 20 years of experience. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> Maybe I need to come down to Virginia. <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway, Susan is being um, shy. She was not only named the number one interior designer in Richmond by the magazine, but she's been featured in Southern Living Magazine, Traditional Home Magazine, and uh, newspapers and other magazines throughout the country. So that's pretty exciting. Now, when you talk about yeah. your background, you are a member of ASID, as well as I, and why don't you tell us a little bit about ASID, because I think some people don't understand what that means. Well, that's the American Society of Interior Designers, and I think it really makes a distinction between decorator and designer. Those of us who went to school, you know, it's like taking the bar. You know, I mean, it's a two-day test, uh, not only of history, but of code, and it just helps for regulation. I mean, I'm not sure I believe in all the... Uh, very strict rules from that people are fighting about in, in Florida and that type of thing about designers, but it does help when you get into more serious, you know, working with plumbing and working with moving walls and, and giving you a little more credibility when you're with architects and, and contractors. So I do think it's important. Right. And that, I get that's... a lot of, of students that come through and say, you know, is that really important? Do I really have to be an ASID? And I'm like, I think it's important. Right. I, I would have to agree with you. Now, I will say, and you know, I've won awards from ASID and so forth, but if you see the initials ASID behind someone's name, it can give you a sense of comfort that um, you're dealing with a professional. That said, I'm all for breaking rules and I'm all for, uh, I've known just as in doctors, my family is mostly physicians or any other field there, uh, they can pass a test and still might not be the, the best one out there that I've, I've met people that have no degree that were absolutely absolutely terrific. Likewise, I've met people with degrees that that weren't so hot. So, the best I definitely, rule... <laughs> I definitely agree that design is also a matter of taste because you right. either have it or you don't. I mean, right. I don't think in design school we ever picked a color. So, it was it's, all drawing and, and detail, so right. um, in more technical information. So, I think that's right. something that's and that's so funny that, that you say that because, you know, you can teach a lot of things. You can educate someone as far as a taste level, but it's very hard to teach a taste level. That it comes from, I'm sure you grew up in a family that appreciated antiques, I can tell from your designs. The schools that you went to were fabulous and you're well-traveled and that alone educates your eye when you've been around exactly. it for quite some time. But it's interesting what you say about the schools because I've moved 27 times and I've gone back to school a second time when originally when I started design, we didn't have computers. And I went back again to learn CAD and to be aware of everything that was going on in the industry. And University of Cincinnati, where I live very close to, has one of the number one schools in design with their architectural program and interior design program. But when I was at a IIDA 
function. It was a combination IIDA and ASID function. Someone mm-hmm. said to me, you know what? We get students all the time from there and they can design a nuclear power plant, but they couldn't figure out a fabric if the bolt hit them over the head. <laughs> so they do spend a lot of times with all the regulations and technicalities and code sometimes and miss some of the more important things. Back uh, long before computers in the old days, we literally had textile labs where you were given squares of fabric and had to look at them under a microscope and burn them and analyze them and tell them what they were made of. So, so that was really an integral part of design. But it's obvious you're the whole package and that's That is really exciting, and I'm really happy to have you on the show today. So tell us about some of your favorite projects that you've done recently at Bridget Berry Designs. Well, my most exciting project has been in the past two years. I've been working in a house in Mexico, so that's been really fun. I haven't really traveled outside the country. I've been to Costa Rica. I did a house there, but this is a long-term project. So it's been really interesting with the... American designer, the Italian contractor, and the um, Mexican architect. You can imagine how it all goes when we fly down, and it's a wild, uh, (laughs) interesting and wild uh, experience, but it's really fun. That is exciting. Now, is this a primary residence, or is this like a second home for some? Second home. Home. Mm-hmm. That is exciting. Now, for those that believe that interior design is a glamorous business, they have no idea sometimes what we go through. And not only do you have to be a psychologist sometimes, but you are literally a logistics manager. And that's on a good day when you're doing the house down the street. So I can only imagine uh, what you're going through as far as shipping, communications, and finding people to do the work oh, in yes. Mexico. The contractor who thinks he knows better, <laughs> who isn't a designer in himself. So exactly. you get down there and think, like, what is this? Uh, I just thought it would look better this way. No. <laughs> Take it out. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, yes. really? I thought that looked good. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? Well, sometimes that happens here, too. <laughs> yeah. It's actually very interesting. And then the design is going to be just fabulous when it's all done. should be done in the spring. So, um. Oh, that, it's, that's it's just really so good. a showstopper, so it's, it's really going to be great. That's awesome. Now, did you happen to catch any of the Million Dollar Decorators? Of any course. of those shows? Oh, my gosh. Was that hilarious? I, when Martin I wish I could was down? be like that. I wish I could be like Mary and say, <laughs> I don't like you. You gross me out with your edible flower arrangement or whatever that edible arrangement. <laughs> yeah, she really, she really needs she said. She's amazing. I, I just think they're yeah. all hilarious. But that one episode where Martin was down in Mexico, it was quite interesting to see how he had to coordinate all of that. That house is actually on the other side toward, uh, I guess, Acapulco. It's on the other side. This right. house I'm doing is um, near Cozumel, sort of near there. It's almost very similar because when the house is an architectural digest, it has the palapa, the concrete sofa, you know, very similar. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like exactly <laughs> like the house we're doing. So that was like, right. wow, that's really fun. Yeah, it's the popular vacation style architecture down there. Let's just hope your client is a little bit different. <laughs> oh yeah, well, yeah. They're, they're real sweet. They're real nice. They're definitely fun. So, well, that's fun. So, I, I was going to say that you just don't do projects 
projects in Richmond. Obviously, you've done projects all over the country and out of the country. So that's what makes it fun. So if anyone's uh, listening and interested, obviously, she can do projects anywhere. And I think the computer is great for that as well. And with travel, it makes um, it's much easier than it used to be. Now, tell us about yeah, your dog. My dog? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, well, Barry was my Sharpay, and um, that was, uh, and then my old partner had a dog named Bridget. And that's how Bridget Barry came about, was her dog and my dog. And then she's been gone 15 plus years. So um, I kept the names, but just thought it was very catchy and fun. And Barry's not here any longer, but I have now, I have. Aaron, who's a Sharpay, Lulabelle, who's a Sharpay, and Madison, who's sort of a pointer Dalmatian mix. So we've got a whole clan, plus three cats. So I'm an animal lover. And that is <laughs> so funny. And Lulabelle is on your blog, her pictures, and yes. she is just so adorable. Now, does she hang out at the office as well? She does. But oh, that's great. We have we kind of rotate them in and out because everybody, you know, they get a little wild if they're all there. So, <laughs> but we rotate dogs right. and um, Jane, that's my so sister, funny. she has dogs, so we're all. <laughs> everybody brings their dogs in because your office is your... going to be on the cover of the paint. She's oh. going to be the the spokes dog. The spokes model. <laughs> Or I say spokes poddle, really, instead of model. Exactly. She is adorable. Now, have you ever had requests from clients to incorporate special doggy, I call them doggy features, in some of your designs or projects? Oh, sure. Like the one in Mexico, we take the dog when we go, and her, she has a private plane, but when we go, we take the dog, we go, you know, so the whole house in Mexico is sort of around having the dog. We've done dog houses, dog beds. You know, made dog beds out of the fabric for the curtains. We've done um, slip covers for dogs, special throws for dogs. <laughs> we 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 have a lot of customers that love dogs. See, that is fun, and they really are part of the family. And what I really noticed okay. about your designs, which is important, because when you say interior designer, sometimes that scares people. But when you look at the designs that you've done, the work that's been published, the work that you have in your portfolio, it is all, I would describe it as casual elegance. It's all elegance mixed with antiques as well as modern. You don't have a, um, a certain look. You've worked in a lot of different styles and it all works. The colors are fabulous, but they're very livable homes. And I remember one magazine article that featured one of your designs. Literally, it had this, this boy um, with a remote control car that was uh, they were zooming down the hallway and then in another yeah. shot it showed a dog running through so that these aren't uh, what I call show dog houses where they're just for yeah. show and you're not allowed to live in them they're very livable and I think that in a nutshell makes a house not only pet friendly but people friendly yeah I really tried to listen to the family or the customer or the client about what they how they live and, and what you know what's interesting to them and I'm not going to do a house and just bring everything that I think would be neat here. You know, I really want them to find things that they love, furniture pieces, artwork. You know, it's, it's their house. It should look like them. And, and I like the idea of things that are eclectic and brought together and I didn't just match everything up and, you know, oh, well, this you're going to do a blue room and everything's going to be blue and that's the way it's going to be. Get rid of everything you have. <laughs> I'm moving out. You know, I, I try to really you know, bring things, use things that people have. I think that makes it more interesting and, and more them. And not me, and I and I pride myself on not having a like signature style. You know, I I think I do whatever the architecture of the house and the client, whatever moves me, 
to that project is, is how I um, move forward in my design thinking. Right, and that is, in a nutshell, what separates um, a good designer from from a uh, decorator, what I call a decorator. Actually, I, I never cared what they called me, even with credentials, as long as they called. <laughs> but, yeah, but when exactly. I say decorator, if someone just comes in and says, oh, we're going we're gonna to put the latest trend in here and just goes out and shops and has fun and just, you know, like you said, throws everything out with the bathwater and brings a lot of new in, there's not any heart or soul or reflection of the people that live there. And a lot of times in homes like that, you can't put your feet up when you watch television. There's no place to set a drink. So while your designs look deceptively easy and livable, the thought and preparation that goes behind the scenes to make it look that easy <laughs> is right. amazing. Well, in, house in Mexico, we did a lot of had a lot of pieces made in Mexico. So we we designed our own beds, designed things that had more of a green organic feel, just to give it that feeling that you were. I mean, they're in the jungle, so they've got the lagoon on one side and the ocean, you know, the ocean right there, just to make you feel it was more organic and, and, you know, livable, not something that would be decorated or look like a hotel. So I think that's a great accomplishment for that house, that it looks part of Mexico. Well, I think you'll just have to take... Mexican. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Or, you know, Mexican tile everywhere. So it it should be unique. And the other thing is when someone goes through and just decorates a certain way, you can get tired of it in a year or it can look dated in a year. And if you make the investment and do it right the first time, you can always update it with accessories. But literally, you'll have a design that you're going to be happy with for a long while. And, And that's very, very important as you well know. So I think what we should do is take a break before we start talking about your paint collection, which is really exciting. So we are going to continue talking with Susan Jamison right after these messages. Susan is going to share her tips on selecting the right paint color for your next decorating project. So don't go anywhere. Decorating Tales will be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to 1-800-PetMeds.com forward slash Decorating Tales Decorating Tales T-A-I-L-S to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first. You'll find reviews on home repair to healthcare written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash decorating and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash decorating. D-E-C-O-R-A-T-I-N-G. 
would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed or email us at PetLifeRadio.com. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Decorating Tales with Interior Design Hound. My special guest, Susan Jameson, an interior designer and the founder of Bridget Berry Designs. We've been discussing design, and now I'd like for you to tell us, Susan, more about your new paint collection. How did you decide to create your own paint line? Well, I actually, Fine Paints of Europe came to me and asked me if I'd like to do a color collection for them. And uh, I was thrilled. I had a, a paint line with a smaller company here in Virginia, and they actually, they didn't go under, but they moved on to other things. And uh, so I really didn't have, I was looking for someone, and they said, oh, well, we're looking for someone. It just worked out that the stars aligned, and they asked me to do a 76-color choice for them, and it's called the Bridgeberry Colors. That and is course, wonderful. all named after dogs, cats, nicknames for our dogs, the office dogs, uh, you know, people, that, that employees, clients. We've got, <laughs> we've got everybody involved in this. So funny well, names is- and then more serious ones. That is so much fun. Now, before we get into that, let's talk about the European paints because anyone that's traveled over to Europe notices instantly the first time that you're there how much depth there are to all the colors. When you're in homes, when you look at the front doors, the walls, their layers, you think, oh, there's just layers upon layers. There's such depth there that you just don't see over here in the States. And then when you look into it further or you read more about it, you find out that, well, their quality of their paint is is quite different and the more that you learn about paints there really is a huge difference in paint lines and I try to always explain it because there is a price difference along with the quality but I try to explain it to people it's just like dog food which sounds terrible but a lousy dog food has tons of fillers and you really don't know what you're getting versus quality ingredients of a better dog food now is your dog going to live yep well uh, not a few years back we had a little scare but your dog will live it might not live as long as a dog that's on a better quality food. Will the dog's coat be as healthy and shiny? Probably not. So there is a big, huge difference. So tell us about, and it's the fillers, the binders, the pigments, all of this mumbo jumbo that makes up paint. And we don't want to get into a chemical analysis here, but there is a huge difference. What can you tell us about your paint line as far well, as the quality? Europe, I mean, they're 
they put themselves on being a European brand paint. That is the base is made in Holland, but the paint is obviously mixed and done in well in the stores, but it's also headquarters are in Vermont, so it is somewhat an American-made product, but the paint itself came from Holland. And he describes, the owner of Fine Paints of Europe, describes it as after World War II when, I guess, the home improvement industry, people were doing stuff on their own, paint used to have lead in it, obviously. And they, in a simplified version, watered the paint down so it became cheaper, easier to use, people could do it themselves. And it lost the quality of those European paints. So what he's done is taken the original paints, and these paints also have low VOC. They're naturally low VOC. Obviously, they have oil paints, too, and anything that you know we have now. But they just have a thicker base that lasts longer. They're more intense in the pigment. So when you're going to buy these, they're not in a gallon and a quart. They're in a euro gallon. It's actually going to be more expensive, but it's going to cover better, and it's going to wear much longer. They're big selling point is they, if you paint your house, have to paint your house every two to five years, you won't need to paint your house until 10 to 15 years. Right. So that's it, their selling point. And it is amazing when you say you don't need as much paint. Sometimes when you pick, especially, well, any color, and you try to paint it, let's just say on drywall, if you're in a spec house and you need to make it look like it's been lived in and look beautiful and you're designing it, you can put layer after layer after layer of a regular paint that you'd get in a home improvement store and still not have the right depth. So you're paying your contractors to paint, you're paying for the paint to try to achieve the color that you want, whereas if you have a quality paint, you would not have to have so many layers of paint on it because its spreadability is different, it adheres different, and the depth of the color is just just phenomenal. So um, You can also do a lot with this paint. I mean, you can paint uh, with a brilliant uh, finish. You can paint that into like a high-gloss lacquer that looks like a lacquer that would be, you know, thousands of dollars that people have spent, you know, sanding oil paint, sanding oil paint, you know. Right. You can get that technique with their brilliance very easily. Which so is so hot right now. Finishes. Mm-hmm. Right. The lacquer finishes are so hot right now. Now, you said 76 colors. And I know that when someone, you know, a student, say you get a design assistant or someone's just starting out in design and you talk about white or, or in particular, but other colors as well. And they think, oh, well, white is white. And you're like, oh, contraire. Uh, didn't you take color theory? I mean, there are whites and then there are whites. And you have, I believe, four very special whites in your 76 colors. So tell us about what you've got as far as your whites are concerned at heart i'm a i'm a neutral girl so i love the subtlety of whites the subtleties and khakis and taupes so i could have picked 76 whites khakis and (laughs) taupes so you know as i went through i was like this one is a little bit creamier but i want one that's really really white and then i want one that has a touch of this you probably could have gone on forever because obviously as you put paints up things change with the lighting in your house Sometimes you want it really crisp. Sometimes you want it to have a little bit of color to it. So, I mean, 76 was paring down for me. Right. I do have a lot of taupes and whites, but um, they were very specific. And these are colors that I... I've kind of used and tweaked over the years. So, uh, I've, you know, come up with these just things that I know work really well or things that I know that I'm going to use. So, I only pick colors that I would use going forward. And I think uh, one of the big problems, if you ever go to a big home improvement center and see 
poor people standing there in front of those poorly lighted miles of paint chips in the paint department with this look of horror on their face. <laughs> it's overwhelming for someone to pick out a color, much less from a tiny little chip in a poorly lit area that you've really taken the guesswork out of them because some of the whites that you've chosen, you know, there's gray whites, there's cold whites. When you go in a room, you even feel cold. You've got some creamy, beautiful whites in there that are just go-to whites that you can use over and over again for trim. So you've taken the guesswork really out of it for people, I think. That's what I tried to do. I mean, because my clients were just tell me what color to paint. I don't want to think. I just want to know that this color right. is going to be right. <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, right. these are tried and true. So right. my customers now, have come to know me as the queen of color because they're like, okay, just come over here and do these colors for me. <laughs> I just don't want to deal with it. <laughs> and I'm glad that you said that you really love neutrals because a lot of people think that in order to introduce color into your home that you have to have some crazy color on the wall and everything has right. to be colorful. And sometimes the most colorful homes have a neutral background and it's the artwork or accessories in the place that make it seem colorful. And so it's really kind of a, a trick on the eye. Tell us about some of these special paint names you've come up with because they're just hilarious. And then when you hear the I story know. behind them, it just kills me. My dog, Madison, she has a zillion nicknames. So one of them's Tingling a Ding Dong. That's one of the paint colors. <laughs> <laughs> and Little Bell will call her. Now, wait a minute. Now, what, what does Tingling a Ding Dong look like? What color is it? That color's more of like kind of a bluey, bluey green color. Okay. There's also Maddie Tingy, which is kind of more of a teal color. Um, that was just written up in the uh, Atlanta magazine, the Mattatini. So um, they did a little article on the colors. And there's Fafa Fui that's a little bit more peachy. There's Billy Brown after one of my assistant's dogs, Billy. It's just, oh, we've got a billion. That's so funny. So how did you sit around? Because I always, when, when you go to the nail salon and you're picking out your nail color and you're just dying because those nail color, the names are hilarious and the shades are, are so funny. So how did, did you guys sit around drinking margaritas to come up with these color names? How did you come up with these <laughs> color names? I think I came up with the colors first and then went through them and kind of thought about what each color could be or, or what what related to them and what made sense so oh that's fine it was it was a little tough you know once you got to some i was like oh but i want to use this and so and so wants me to use their dog because i just kept getting emails please use my dog please you know? <laughs> and i'm like okay i don't really know which one to pick and this is late so it was a little uh you know hectic a little bit just trying to get it all to sound right and look well, that's funny. Well, what, what advice or tips can you give listeners that want to pick out a color to paint their walls? Where where should they even begin? Well, I think you always want to start with, you know, if you have no furniture, then you can start anywhere with, with color on the walls or neutral. If you have furniture, you want to keep, I always like to keep the walls a little bit softer than maybe the pattern in your, in your sofa and your pillows. So you just want to start with the easiest way to start with a neutral palette, but don't make it so white, it needs to be warm. I mean, I don't like it like white, white, icy. You can do something that has a little bit of color just to feel warm and give you some interest. I always like to paint the ceiling a color, whether it's pale blue, whether it's a softer cream, just to give a little contrast to the trim and the, and the walls. So that right. that's a good, good advice for that. Um, and people and usually always, neglect like the poor ceiling. I know. And I always like to do sort of an eggshell, something where it's washable, especially with the dogs. It's easier to 
just to get a little something that you can wipe off. Eggshell is a little tough in older homes because it's going to show, you know, some of the imperfections in the wall. But it definitely makes it makes you know an easy surface for wipeability when dog slobber is a problem. <laughs> right. Right. Or kids, or throwing toys that hit the yeah. wall, or <laughs> exactly, exactly, Any all, all the other <laughs> Exactly. Now, uh, you mentioned trim. Do you always paint the trim a white color? Sometimes people are afraid to do anything with that. Or what advice no, do you have for trim? I've painted trim black before in a powder room. You know, just it mm-hmm. depends on what the look is. But overall, it's white or cream. You know, sometimes maybe a taupe, but not really a color anymore. Although. You know, we're in Virginia, and it's very colonial, like Mount Vernon, and <laughs> to paint your right. trim sort of mustard yellows and all those. So, I mean, I've done that before in more of a historic home, but that's not as popular in general exactly. for a more modern home. Right. The other interesting thing, I think, about selecting uh, paint colors is that it's such an inexpensive way to make a change. Rather than throwing out all your furniture and starting from square one, sometimes if you just rearrange your furniture and get a new color on the wall, it can add a whole new life to a room. It can look totally different. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely change the whole look by picking something that's just uh, either bright or something that's even an off color from, it doesn't have to match. People, A lot of people like to match exactly to something. You know, it doesn't need to match exactly. It can be just a little off just to give it a little more interest. A little right. more green and something's more blue. I mean, it just, it can change the whole look of the of room, of, of that outside of a house. You know, right. a cotton door, front door into a, you know, big, bold color. Which is always it's fun. a wonderful thing. Paint <laughs> <laughs> is wonderful and inexpensive. <laughs> exactly. Now, the other thing that Dorothy Draper always did, and I'm a firm believer of, is to paint your wall, a big square on your wall or a big place on your wall, so you can actually see the color in the light of the room that it's going to be in at different times of the day and really look at it before you go crazy and do do the whole wall. And that gives people, it's just a, a little easier to do, and you can just be sure of it, because like I said, if you're in one place in one light, it can look totally different, even at different times of the day or with the lighting that you put in a room, and people don't realize what the change, what the change yeah. can be. So, that's really of Europe, they Fine Paints of Europe sells these uh, sample pots, so they, can, they sell these small pots, and then Benjamin Moore does too, but they smell, sell these small pots of paint that you can you know, use to um, put up the samples in a least expensive way. Right. At least you can see the color. Which is great because before you couldn't do that, you really bought the whole gallon and then if you didn't like the color, that you were stuck. So and what, and even though I even though I'm gonna have these fan decks for you know, I'll have my own little fan deck for Bridgeberry colors, I still paint the color onto paint sticks and we have those in the store so people can come and pick up a paint stick and really see the color painted on a stick. You know, this is the color. It's not a printed version of the color. I think that helps a lot too. It really does. And that's a good point because all of the printed colors, um, it really doesn't matter what you're looking at. They're going to be a little off and a little different. So that's a great point. Now, what trends are you seeing in color in your design? Not necessarily with paint, but have you seen any trends in color recently? Um, I think people, you know, I've seen a lot of of neutrals again. I see Mm -hmm. a lot of people going back to neutrals, neutrals with blue, blue and soft blue. Blue seems to be a big color coming back. 
not really sure why. Right, well, you know, they they do studies all the time, and the majority, if you were to ask everyone their favorite color, blue is always at the top of the list. So it's really easy to live with. Men like it, women like it, kids like it. I think it's gender neutral, too, that a a lot of men can't handle certain colors, as hard as you may try to steer them in that direction, that, that blue is just really easy to live with, whether you're at the ocean or whether you're at a ski lodge. I just... I just love blue. So, yeah, I I neutrals are coming back. Uh, Mm -hmm. The acid green, the blue, purple was hot. Now, purple is sort of going away again. Orange was hot. It's going away again. So, Mm Things right. come around. They're always coming Yeah, they around. come around and go around. But I always tell people, don't worry about what the trends are. You have to find what you like. And if you like it and enjoy living it, it doesn't matter what's going on because they do come and go <laughs> and they go quite quickly. And quite frankly, some of the uh, colors that are out there right now in the combinations and the wallpapers uh, and wall coverings, uh, huge patterns and so forth are so reminiscent of the 70s that if you pick up a book from the 70s, a decorating book and look through it it's amazing how how dated probably five minutes after it was printed it looked and right. uh, if you're just starting out I would resist the temptation to go hog wild in that direction because you will be tired of it and then exactly. unless it's a powder room or somewhere oh yeah. or pillows I always tell change. people yeah if it's a powder room go crazy or a bathroom because it would not be um, as long as you don't do your bathroom fixtures but you can go crazy on the walls and pillows are great except that if you have a neutral background to work with or a color, you can go crazy with the accessories or accent furniture. And then, you know, if you have your basic pieces there, it's like eating icing without the cake. If you have the cake, then you can put icing on top, but you wouldn't sit down to eat a whole entire bowl of icing. <laughs> Right, Uh, And not have a stomach ache. Well, terrific. Well, I always try to ask guests what their decorating pet peeve is. So tell us, Susan, what is your decorating pet peeve that you can share with our listeners? Decorating pet peeve? Hmm. Probably that people want to push their furniture against the walls. Everybody (laughs) wants everything to be up against the wall. (laughs) Like it can't be out in the middle of the room. It must be against the wall. Um, That's pretty much a pet peeve. That and is I'm a trick I'm not crazy about the TV over the fireplace either. You know, the flat screens over the fireplace. I'm not a fan of that. But sometimes it's a necessary thing, I guess. But it would be my right. choice. Well, the biggest reason why that can be a pet peeve is you will have a crick in your neck unless you're <laughs> I know, I in know. a very large the room. Of the fire. Exactly. The heat of the fire will, you know, damage the screen. Right. It depends on not, the fire yeah. and the depth and so forth. But yes, that has been known to happen. I knew an architect that fried his television that way. And I thought, hmm, that's why oh you need interior designers. Because um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think of that. But it's so high that unless your room is huge and your seating is very far away, you can very easily get a crick in your neck. So that those are two great pet peeves that we haven't had on the show before. So that is awesome. So it has been great to learn about the Bridget Berry paint collection, but Susan, we're running out of time. Tell us where listeners can find your blog, your paint, and your website. The website is www.bridgetberrydesigns.com or bridgetberry.com, either one. And the paints are on there. You, you'll be able to order the paints online from Bridgeberry Designs or from Fine Paints of Europe, and it'll be in anywhere that sells Fine Paints of Europe across the country. Awesome. And you have to check out her blog and her website, if nothing else, but to see her adorable Sharpays, because they are... Okay. I'm like, <laughs> we're doing this 
76 weeks of color. So we're highlighting one color of the collection each week for 76 weeks until October 1st when the uh, paint line will be out. The stores. <laughs> out well, that, that is really exciting. And of course, we can look forward to seeing more of your designs in the shelter publications. So thanks so much for joining us today on Decorating Tales. It's been fun, Susan. If you want more information on pet-friendly decorating, please visit interiordesignhound.com. You'll find loads of pet-friendly pictures, information, and links about my favorite subjects, good design with a canine twist. Don't forget to drop me a line at Cynthia at PetLifeRadio.com if you have any comments, ideas, or questions about designs. And thanks to all of you for listening and sharing a part of your day with Decorating Tales on Pet Life Radio. Later, I've got to let the dog out. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.